0: empower yourself today with legal knowledge and follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook to get access to jargon-free legal information in plain and simple English. Today's episode is supported by Red Bar Law, the go-to law firm for expert efficient and fast legal assistance, all at a fixed cost. Go to our website at redbarlaw.com. Hello and welcome back to our podcast at Get to Legally Speaking. Our legal conversation today will be about young offenders. I am joined by legal advocate Carla Riosi. Carla conducts trials in the magistrate's court and at the Crown Court, and she also attends to clients at the police station. Carla specialises in prisoners' rights, and she has been employed by the British Embassy in Bangkok, assisting British nationals detained across Thailand. Carla has won an award for her work and dedication to prisoners' rights. Carla, thank you so much for joining me again.
1: Hello, Hattie. It's nice to see
0: you. It's lovely to see you. I know our listeners can't see us, but I can see you. And I was just saying how fresh-faced and wonderful you look today.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: That's (laughs) very (laughs) nice. Right. Most unfortunately, statistics show that in the UK, youth crime is on the up, with the number of children in custody expected to double by 2024, the year up to March twenty one, over fifteen thousand children were cautioned or sentenced in England and Wales, and by young offenders we mean children aged between just ten years old to seventeen years old. Young offenders are a big reality in our society, with ninety percent of child offenders being male, London having the fastest growing rate than the rest of England and Wales, and the reoffending rate is at its highest at around thirty five percent. Further recent statistics show that the most common crime for those aged under 18 has been violence against another person, with drug offences and robbery becoming a greater issue. In this episode, Carla and I will be discussing at what age a child can get a criminal record, how long that can remain on your record and the different types of records, what young offenders institutions are all about, the resources available to try and prevent reoffending, and much more in plain and simple English. Carla, let's start with the big question because I think, and I and I and I tell you, the amount of people I've had this conversation with, and they've gone, "Are you being serious?" Let's tell our listeners: At what age can a child get a criminal record?
1: Okay, Hattie. So that's a really easy question. Um, it's ten years old. Uh, it's very black it's, and white. Once I just find, find that reach ten years old.
0: You say that, and I still feel astonished
1: because it's such a young age and a 10-year-old still seems like a child, I assume.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and in Scotland, it's 12 years old, I think, isn't it?
1: I think that's right, yeah. And the law has changed over the years. Um, years ago, it used to be between 10 and 14 years. Um, you could be charged at 10 years old, but up until 14, there was a presumption that you didn't know the difference between right and wrong, and that would be another legal argument in court. As to whether the child did know the difference between right and wrong, but that has changed now when it's it ten years old. If you're ten years old and potentially suspected of committing an offence, you can be charged and put before the court.
0: Do you know what? I would love to go along to some schools, any schools, and get all the parents. Leave the children to one side. Get all the parents into the school hall and say, "How many parents know the age that a child can get a criminal record?" And I bet. My bottom dollar that the majority of parents do not know—it's ten years old in England and Wales, and twelve years old in Scotland. Well, yeah, ha- I'm still I, in I shock <laughs> when I, you know,
1: it is. And it's as a professional when you're representing children of that age, whether it's at the police station or before the courts. Um, especially a ten-year-old—they are a child. Oh, um. And sometimes, you know, it depends on the type of offence. Sometimes it's something innocent that's gone a bit too far. Um, But equally, I've known 10-year-olds commit some quite serious offences. And
0: that must be so difficult, Carla, to represent a 10-year-old. Obviously, they've got their parent or guardian there. But, you know, I mean, I look at my... 15 year old and I think you're a child you know because 150 years ago maybe children were sort of getting betrothed and stuff like that you know to get married and uh, and whatever but we haven't lived in that era really obviously and experienced that and I still I still feel shocked by the fact that a child at the age of 10 can get a criminal record in England and Wales and I guess that key point which you raised there. Is that child of that age, a child of that age, able to differentiate between right and wrong? Yes.
1: Yeah. And that's that's a tricky one because I, I do take your point, 10 years old is very young. And I think in the time certainly that I've grown up in, people are younger for longer. You know, they go to university now. When my grandfather was around, he was in work at 14. So mm. he was a lot more mature than a 14 year old today. Mm.
0: Absolutely. And, and all of those, you know, all of that makes a difference. But I know that the law, the lawmakers, let's say, um, you know, deliberate and look at a lot of things before decisions are made. And I've always said it, one size will never fit all. No, And we do try and make it fit all, don't we, with the justice system, because there has yeah. to be boundaries and rules and regulations and But I bet you've seen some very tricky situations where you think this, this 10 year old or 11 year old or 12 year old really couldn't perhaps did realise something was wrong, but not to the degree where you think you are as guilty as charged. You, you knew that was absolutely bang out of order and you should have known better. I think that's where I get a bit stuck with it.
1: Yeah. And like I say, Hattie, it really depends on the crime as well. There are some where. They're horrendous. And the the child, whether they're 10, 11, or 12, they clearly did know the difference between right and wrong. Um, But then equally, what I've dealt with in terms of a lot of young males is um, death by dangerous driving. So they get a bit – they want to get behind the wheel. Obviously, a car's quite a dangerous uh, weapon in the wrong hands. Um, (laughs) And it could be something as innocent as – They've got into a car, they are driving around, they could be messing around with their friends, for example, um, and they just don't see the danger. But, you know, they shouldn't be driving in the first place at that age, but it can lead to the death of another party. And that that's life-changing because that, that could be the friend that's died as a result of, what's happened they didn't see it as anything more than messing around yeah. but actually they've committed it's, a really serious offense that's also going to affect their life because it will effectively result in them going into custody
0: well this is it i mean it affects anything of that magnitude will affect i think somebody throughout their life and change their path and their course yes. um, and be there and, and that's even before we look at the the, the the effects on somebody mentally having to deal with something like that emotionally mentally yeah. but if if charged with a crime, at what, age, what what age does someone go to an adult prison? And you know, this is uh, what I thought was a really good question when I when it was put to me. If below the age to be sent to an adult prison yes. and they're serving, when yes. would a young person switch, and where do they go to serve a sentence?
1: Yeah, so that's like one of those complicated questions. Of I it is the
0: law, Carla. <laughs> if it wasn't complicated, get legally speaking wouldn't exist. My that's God. A-
1: first question because it's nice and
0: straightforward sorry
1: Carla (laughs) no so uh, I try and make it as easy as possible so technically um, if someone's 18 at the time they're convicted uh, they would well they could go to an adult prison so I have many 18 year olds that will go to adult prisons however up until the age of 21 they could be held in a young offenders institute so um, for example If they committed a crime when they were, say, 16, they might be in a... Well, they will be in a Young Offenders Institute to start with. Once they turn 18, they could be transferred to an adult prison. However, technically, a Young Offenders Institute could hold them until they're 21. Uh, At 21, if they're still serving the sentence, they would have to go to an adult prison at that time. So there is a little bit of discretion for governors there. Uh, For example, say... They've gone to a young offenders institute to start their sentence. Uh, they turn 18 and they're going to be released within six months. Um, sometimes it might not seem appropriate for them to spend sure. the last six months in an adult prison. Um, and what about if they're 12? Where do they go at 10, 10, beca- 10? Yeah, this is where it becomes a bit complicated. So hopefully I'll get this right because it also changes for boys and girls. So. Between 10 and up to 12, they go to a secure children's home, and that will be for males and females. Once they turn 12 years old, they can go into um, secure residential units. Uh, They're called secure training centres. And at 14, males can go to uh, young offenders institutions, whereas the females will stay at the secure training units until they're 17.
0: Good God. Good God. I mean... It, and there is a obviously a system there for for children at different ages because it's yeah. such a important part of i mean every part of our lives are important, but that development stage from ten to twenty one or even up to eighteen is so crucial yeah. um and you know and
1: it, it's very hard as well if you say for example, you find yourself in the system at ten years old, as we said, you're still a child to put someone into um a young offenders institution or a, a prison at 21 I can imagine, I can't imagine you 13, couldn't do that 14. with no so you couldn't do that with a 10 year old um and obviously they go to a secure children's home and they go on to the training center at sort of 12 years old which is slightly um more different but again it has taken the law has taken account for you know, at 10 years old, you are a child, aren't you, is the reality. You and yes, you might have done something that um, needs to be taken out of society and you, you might need to be put away and not have your liberty. But equally, I can't imagine a 10-year-old going into a prison. Um, they're, they're, prisons are daunting, daunting places at whatever age you go in, yes. um, let alone a 10-year-old. So at least we, our system does reflect that to an extent.
0: Yes, no, Indeed. Now another big question: Criminal records. Does yes. a criminal record stay on somebody's record on their file for life? And now there's different files, and this is what this is what we yes. understand, isn't it? You've got the police yes. records. Yes. You've got the DBS records. Yes. As goodness goes, what other other records you've got? So let's just answer: If you're ten years old, from ten to seventeen, you've got yes. a criminal record. Does it stay on there for life?
1: Okay, so the reason I laugh is because, again, there's no straightforward uh, answer to that Because my
0: understanding is it stays on your record for 100 years from the date of the conviction date on the police records. Yes. That it might be different for DBS. Yes.
1: Right. Yes. And it also depends on whether it's a conviction or whether it's a reprimand or caution as well. So, yeah, it's quite a complicated area. So, if it's
0: a if it's a criminal record and it's not a reprimand, but it is a straight up criminal record, you know you were charged, etc. Yeah, are we saying that on the police records it does stay there for a hundred years after the conviction date?
1: Yeah, so on the police records, it will remain there. And the police records have also got all sorts of information. So it won't just be confined to convictions, uh, reprimands, cautions. It could be just information if you were under investigation or um, anywhere where your name sort of crops up. Um, But that doesn't mean because it's on the police records, that doesn't mean that, say, you were applying for a job. That information wouldn't go to your employer. That is solely... Uh, there as the police records for yes. their purposes and their information.
0: It's um, the DBS, the, isn't
1: it? It's, a it's DBS the DBS. Track. Yeah, which tends to be more important because when people are going back into the community um, or if they remain in the community after whether they've received a reprimand, a caution or conviction, that's where it becomes important and it could affect their lives um, if they were applying for a job. So, with the DBS, even if you were to receive a conviction, depending on what age that was um, and depending on the nature of the conviction, that sort of – there's a whole piece of legislation which uh, says effectively when you no longer have to disclose your conviction or your reprimand or caution.
0: That's very interesting, Carla, because even, for example, on, on – I was doing my home insurance renewal the other week, and it says yep. uh, the questions are there, aren't they? Have you ever had yes. a criminal record? And, and companies, bank, banks ask this question. Yep. Uh, I mean, I was, I've seen it, but I, I, it just catches my attention more and more. The more I'm in this business, the more I see stuff that relates to legal stuff. And I think that's, that's a big question, isn't it? Have you ever had a criminal record? Yep. Do you go to get a mortgage? Have you ever had a criminal record? it's they don't some may say in the last five years have you had any spent or unspent convictions
1: yeah and i think that is what people if you were in that situation you need to look at and it also depends on the nature of the job and i'm sure you already know this hattie that obviously um there's some jobs which are so sensitive because you're going to be working with children for example safeguarding yeah an enhanced check so Normally, where those convictions are spent, for example, where it's enhanced, your employer might be entitled to more information, but you would be told that that check needs to be made. So, the opportunity is there to make any disclosures. Um, And then, obviously, say, for example, it's an employer, they would um, look at something. So, you know, say you're in your 50s and something happened when you was in your early 20s, um, depending on the nature, if it's an enhanced check, they might say, well... It's not relevant, um, and we're okay about that. But the best way I feel is for people to be having an enhanced check to be up front yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the reality is, is yes, things that happen many, many years ago can still come back to bite can you in the future. Records.
0: Yeah, and, and that's even t- before we talk about social media when things are reported online. Um, how it just yeah, floats about online. I mean, we've got podcasts on how to try and get information removed that you don't want to appear online anymore but there are several types of outcomes for children in court isn't there i mean I, I, there's discharges absolute yeah. discharge fines referral orders youth rehabilitation center custodial sentences and i found i mean discharges when a person just gets released from court no further action i found the yeah. word, the term and the mean and the and the interpretation of absolute discharge quite interesting um, okay and i thought oh it's when and when the court decided not to impose a punishment yeah because the experience of going to court was punishment enough. Yeah. And I thought that 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 I wonder what percentage do you see a lot of that Carla in your line of work where a court says you've done wrong, okay, I don't know whether they would be so giving on the second or third time somebody turns up or the first time they say this is whole experience of coming to court has been bad enough for you. Yeah. We're going to give you an absolute discharge.
1: To be honest, I don't see that much of that being used. I have seen it in my career, but rarely. and especially with young offenders, um, nine times out of 10, it's pretty much standard that they will be put on a referral order. Um, And that is effectively referral to the youth offending team. um, So they'll have to check in with them um, and become known to the youth offending team. Um, It's not actually that onerous, but generally that's, that's what happens at court for a first offence, unless it's very serious.
0: Yes, yes. I, I just found it interesting. I thought I would have never have thought that a court would do that, which I think is quite mm. uh, fair to say. If somebody really, really shows the remorse, and you can see, yeah. and they you think, do you know, what this has been bad enough for that person, and the court believes the reoffending may not happen, or they've really understood it this time, but um one of the really important topics that people discuss around youth offenders is the assistance available to young people to get integrated back into society for somebody who has served say 2 years do you yeah. think there's sufficient assistance in place to uh, to assure that young offenders do not reoffend carla because i have i have read some very conflicting stuff i've read stuff that says it's really the system is just not Really designed to assist people well enough, I mean when you look at the reoffending rate of thirty five percent I think that's quite high personally yeah. but um
1: my personal experience and it's no criticism of anyone in youth offending team or the probation service um in theory the support should be there and we have got to system them in place so if you're a young offender um whereas an adult offender would be on license and they would be um supported by the probation service for young offenders, it's the youth offending team now the provisions are there um and we do in theory have a great system in place and the support should be there however the problem is and i actually feel really sorry for the youth offending team and probation service and resources it's, it's resources yeah, yeah. Um, everything has been that magical cut, word yeah cut back so much um Probation officers and youth offending officers, um, they go into it for the right reasons. They do want to help, um, but they are being asked to manage a crazy much. amount of case yeah. modes. Um, they're also being asked to be effectively a second police force now in terms of recalling offenders. Um So they're spending more time on the monitoring rather than the the helping and the and the integration. Work also, yeah. yeah. And with the high caseloads, it's not that they are not good people and it's not that they don't want to help and it's not that those provisions there don't exist, it's just there's not enough resources. So they can't do everything that they're meant to be doing and they have to do what they can do or the job to the best of their ability. But in the circumstances and it's really quite, it's sad really, and I know as a member of the public, a lot of people are just saying, oh, well, that person shouldn't have offended and you get what you deserve, which is one way of looking at it. However, I guess I also see it is that we do need to take an interest and actually we do want these people to not re-offend and get caught up in the system um, simply because it helps us all as members of the public if These people become pro-social. They get jobs and they go on to contribute to society. It's not going to help But we have an
0: obligation. We have an obligation. The system has an obligation as well to say, right, we have put all the resources we can that are sufficient. Yeah. Because as he goes, that's old age saying, you know, half-baked. The resources should be there because if you look at what the – and if they only purely look at it from a commercial point of view, and I'm talking about government here – 35% 35% of reoffending rate well what does that cost the system and for like argument's it. sake if it costs the system a million pounds which i'm sure it costs a lot more than that yeah. then putting in 800,000 pounds into the yeah. uh, process of assisting people to integrate back into society particularly when they have been young and they've gone into that into the system yeah. at such a young age surely has to be sensible to to do and and i really appreciate you know what you're saying there carla because it's not that the people doing the job don't want to do the job because i think it's one of those jobs a bit like a nurse a doctor a teacher you go into it because you have a passion for it i don't think you just fall into the line of being any of those professions and this is such a specialist area of work which is you know has everything to do with assisting and helping um that surely the government has to really sit down and think about, do why don't we have the resources? Commercially, is the reoffending rate, whatever that is, you've got to put at least that much back into it. And you've got to think, well, even if it is a million pounds, the cost of the 35% of reoffending, if we put 5 million in and reduce that to 20% reoffending, then that's another way. But are there groups that champion to try and get more resources into this area of life, does that even exist? Are you, are you oh. aware of any?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you've got the. I think they're called the Youth Justice Centre. Um, there's, there's I'm definitely write more. Down. Yeah, there's definitely more organisations, um, and I'm sure the Youth Offending Team they relay, relay back to um, the government through the appropriate people. Um, but everything I find, unfortunately, with government, everything is about money now cuts now how much we're saving now it's not a long term view which mm, I think you're which is what I was really. mentioning yeah they never look long term because exactly what you've said if you spend the money now you'll be saving that in the future yeah. you're getting people it's a bit like, like getting community. double
0: glazing isn't it? It's a bit like getting double glazing in your house. If you've not got yeah. double glazing you think well it costs too much to do that your yeah. gas bills and electricity bills, heating bills are through the roof well, the cost of that double glazing will pay itself off, or an efficient boiler. And I say yeah. that because I've had so many conversations about that with certain members of my family who I won't name. But I totally get it. Well, look, if the government ever want to tap on our doors to do a job on that, then we'll certainly take a look because I'm up for definitely. it, Carla. If you are, it's that's got fine. to it's a no brainer, right?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> no. Carla, that's all we've got time for.
1: Thank you, Hattie.
0: Thank you. Thank Thank you so much for your thoughts, your expertise. I really appreciate having you on our show and I look forward to recording with you again. So thank you very much, Carla. Thank you,
1: Hattie.
0: Goodbye. What I'll say to our listeners is don't forget to click and subscribe to our podcast and you can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and YouTube by searching "Gets Legally Speaking. Also visit our website at getlegallyspeaking.com. Thank you for listening. Empower yourself today with legal knowledge and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook to get access to jargon-free legal information in plain and simple English. Today's episode is supported by Red Bar Law, the go-to law firm for expert, efficient, and fast legal assistance, all at a fixed cost. Go to our website at redbarlaw.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.